Well, good evening, LCM. Tonight is September 11th, 2019. And the title of tonight's sermon is Foundational Transformation, Cornerstone of Christ. On Sunday, I had the distinct privilege to preach uh, one of the most unique and one of my favorite sermons that I've ever done here. Got a message, preach called, a message called All Aboard with Judah the Hammer Stevens. We work to whittle down to the most essential elements, the most valuable principles, the most salient waypoints, the clear path of what it takes for you to be successful here at LCM and in the kingdom of God. These points were distilled from over 1,700 sermons. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, that's a lot of sermons. And from over 17 years as a church of engaging with people as they were ripped from the dungeons of despair, the dregs of discontentedness, the depths of depravity, and we have watched people take flight. Come on, somebody say, take flight. Take flight on eagle's wings as treasured possessions of God to lives of utter satisfaction, shalom, and supernatural victorious living. I want to show you on the screen some of the principles that we've talked about. We're going to be talking about these in the days ahead. You know why? Because we want you to get these. These are not just things that you are supposed to intellectually ascend to, but you are supposed to have these as implementation points in your life. You know you are an LCM, actual disciple, if these things are found in your life. We've actually put it in a way that is digestible for us. The first one we talked about is a foundational transformation. Man, what an incredible thing for us to be fundamentally and foundationally transformed by the Spirit of God. We talked about having a full price mentality in everything that we do. We don't ever want to take a shortcut. We don't ever want to back down, shut up, or let up with what God is doing in our lives. We looked at a family function. Come on, somebody say that's important. We don't pass the buck. We are ridiculously responsible in our homes to put our homes in shalom that God may be seen in every single way. Man, what an incredible thing. See, when the prophecies come forth and they begin to address the very things that we're going to preach about, you know, you know that, that God is moving in our midst. See, it's one thing for me to get up here and talk to you about shalom. It's another thing for your homes to be in shalom. Just because you can say it is not actually the mark that you are doing it inside of your homes, that you have your homes moving towards shalom. This is what this ministry is all about. You could like it. You cannot like it, but what we do as a church is we watch people get foundationally transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. We watch them grow and become people who want to pay the full price, who can get their families to function right. Well, it's one thing you say about a family function. We're actually trying to help you get your family to function. See, and when you're here and you engage in what God is doing, your family will function correctly. Man, a fiery faith. That was the lamest response. No, 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 it's too late. No, you missed that one. I'm going to try it again, though. I'm going to give you another chance. Okay, we're going to take two. Here it is. Man, LCM is a a church with fiery faith. Yeah! Yeah! Because the truth is, is there's no other kind of faith that you're supposed to have. This is a faith that's going to last for the decades. It's not just going to appear and then disintegrate. What's going to happen is to have a faith that reaches the generations. It has to be a fiery kind of faith. 
We have to have a full gospel proclamation. There's no other kind that is acceptable. Full of the word, full of the spirit, full of his power, full of deep convictions in everything that we do. We are a kind of church who owes it to Israel to find favor. We want to favor Israel. You know why we want to favor Israel? Because God does. And so we will submit to what God is saying and do it joyfully. And do it with all right passion in our hearts. See, we want to have over a hundred families in the future. A hundred families that are ministering in the Muslim world. You know why? Because we want to favor Israel. Wait, pastor, I thought you said that they were Muslim. Yeah, we want to have bring the Muslims back home to where they're supposed to be. Because salvation starts in Israel and it will end in Israel. That is the kind of church that we are. We want to be a fountain to the nations. If you have been here and you don't understand Eliam and the nations yet, if you don't understand, if we reference, if we lightly mention Exodus 15, 27, if we refer to 12 springs that will feed 70 palms, if that is not down in your heart, then you're not one of us yet. But we want you to be. We want you to, to see this. Take a look at this next slide that we have. You see, it's pretty amazing. We didn't try to make it do this. Judy and I worked really hard to go through hundreds of sermons, to look at notes from thousands of, of, of instances of us looking into the Word. And what we found was this is what we are, but look how it lines up. One life, man. You've got to have your life transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. You have to find that full price mentality to live in a full price way every day, all day. See, then it grows into a family. You see how that works with your family function and a faith that will reach the nations because it's so fiery. Then we're going to have this one nation mentality. What nation are you responsible for? Because if you're at LCM, you have a nation that you're responsible to reach. Some of us may have more than one nation that you're responsible to reach. But at least every single person in here whether you feel like you're fivefold or called to the fivefold or you're just going to be a pillar in this church, you are called to reach a specific nation. And we're going to help you to do that. See, but you can't just go and reach it with a humanitarian effort. We're going to say it requires a full gospel proclamation. And everywhere you go, in every nation, even if they are 100% Muslim, you know what you're going to teach to them? To favor Israel. That you might be that that nation, because of your works there, might become a fountain to the nations. Man, I love my church. I love my church. These are the kind of things that we can preach for the rest of our lives because it's the, what we've been preaching since the beginning of the church. Every sermon that we're ever going to preach to you, we can boil it down to one of these categories because we need to keep coming back to it. Tonight, we're going to talk about a foundational transformation. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 28. Isaiah 28 and verse 16. Say there when you are there. (laughs) I love that this is my family. See, I'm not talking to you tonight as a hired hand. I'm not talking to you as someone who's just been brought in because we couldn't figure out who else to bring in. 
I'm talking to you as a man, as one of your shepherds. I'm talking to you as a father figure in this house. See, and what the Lord is trying to remind us is something special tonight. I love my church because there's never a throwaway service. There's not one that we take off, that we relax, that we go, hey, we're shooting for something else. Let's just take it a little easy on this one. Yeah, we just really don't know how to do that. See, did I mention that we're foundationally transformed and that we're full price? Yeah, we, don't, we just don't know how to do that. Look at Isaiah twenty-eight sixteen. So this is what the sovereign Lord says. You might want to pay attention to that. If the sovereign Lord is speaking, you might want to actually pay attention. See, I lay a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone for a sure foundation. The one who trusts will never be dismayed. Man, what a great scripture, right? But can you hear what the Lord is saying to us tonight? Let's be honest. There's a lot of things that we know. There's a lot of things that we say. There's a lot of things that we sing. Make his praise glorious. Everything and nothing less, Lord. But it's the truth of our human nature that we can say things and not really mean them. Isn't it easy for us as sheep to miss foundational cornerstone kind of principles? We all want to skip the easy stuff, the basic things, the elementary portions, and begin to cruise right on into our calling. I mean, do I really have to get that in order? Why do we need to worry about our foundation? Because we're trying to reach the nations. See, we didn't start in our list of seven things with you reaching the nations. You know why? Because you're not ready for it. Until you are foundationally transformed by the power of a spirit. Until you make sure that you are built on the only foundation that you are allowed to build upon. See, you have to keep going back. You can't go for that cruising right on into your calling. Strolling right on into your ministry. Just finding a comfortable, easy street version of your own lives. What the Lord always does. Somebody say always. Always. Is he calls us to revisit and to regularly address our foundations. From the prophecies tonight, you know what I know? We have some folks in here who have some foundation issues. How often do I have to come back, Pastor, to check out my foundations? Yeah, as often as is needed. How many times? But I got saved way back in the day. Now, did you? Really? Yeah, see, because I need to get saved all the time. I need to check that foundation all the time because I'm a drifter. I can drift off of what I'm supposed to be doing because I'm just relying on my own thoughts. See, I didn't come back and check it against the foundation. And that's what God is Demanding of us tonight. The foundation is that your relationship is right with the Lord. The foundation is that your relationship is right with your husband or your wife. The foundation that you are right with those around you. You're not supposed to even come into a worship service if you have something against someone in here. You're not supposed to. You are supposed to stop and get things right that you might be right with the Lord. you got to stop and check your foundation. Because Christ is this chief cornerstone. So when you're not aligning yourself with this foundation, you are out of alignment with God himself. The Lord always tells us to revisit and regularly address our foundations. To constantly check ourselves against the standard of the rock, the quarry, the foundation that you were taken from. Turn to Isaiah chapter 51. Isaiah chapter 51 and verse 1. Man, what an incredibly 
gracious and compassionate Father that we have, who loves us enough to rebuke us, to correct us, to challenge us. Here you go. To spank us like a father would spank a child. Because that means he actually loves us, because he wants us to get it right. What a terrible father who would never spank a child. What a terrible mother who would never spank a child. (laughs) Proverbs tells us you hate your child if you don't do that. Isaiah 51.1, listen to me. Can we just agree tonight that we'll pretend like we haven't read all these scriptures a thousand times in our life? Just listen to me, you who pursue righteousness and you who seek the Lord. Does that relate to anyone in the room tonight? Look to the rock from which you were cut and to the quarry from which you were hewn. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who gave you birth. When I called him, he was but one, and I blessed him and made him many. Let's take a look at our next slide here. We're going to just build some, something tonight together. A foundational transformation is what it takes to be a part of this church. To start off, let's get this right. Let's get the very first thing first. Let's get it in the right order that we would actually have a foundational transformation. That from the very thing, from the very beginning, you know what we believe as a church? We believe that a new person walking in, we don't already grant them that they're already saved. Do you know why? Because most people who walk in the door the first time are not. And for us to presume that they are causes us to respond in a different way and not demand that they have a transformation that is foundational. We can skip a few things. The very first thing that we have to examine is this foundation. An ongoing testimony of people who enter LCM is that for the first time in their life, they're actually walking in victorious power in their walk with the Lord. For the first time. Wait, but haven't many of you been in church before? But this is the first time. Okay. The very first time that they're actually acting like a believer. Having victorious overcoming power in their life. Not being trounced by every sin, by every whim, by every thought that comes along. They're actually learning how to overcome in their life. The first time that they're actually seeing subsequent persecution. Hey, when were you saved? That's an easy question to ask somebody. What are people's normal response? Ah, when I was a kid, I... All my life. Abin Bowler says, all my life. Hey, when did you get saved? Man, I went to church since I was a kid. Yeah, see, at LCM, we're a little bit more savvy than that and so we'll change the question i'm say hey when did you fall in love with jesus oh you mean that time see because we're used to talking about salvation and not actually thinking about a foundational transformation how can you be saved and have not had a foundational transformation we're saying you can't be Whatever you thought you were before, we were inviting you into something different that you will actually experience the transformative Power. Come on, somebody say power. Power. You're going to experience the transformational power of God. Why would you do it any other way? I don't know, but that's what most churches do, isn't it? But that's not LCM. 
Oh, you mean when did I fall in love with Jesus? Oh, like I was, you know, I was 23 when that happened. I was 35. Or my favorite response for people is they just look at you blankly. What do you mean fall in love with Jesus? Oh, see, you haven't had a foundational transformation. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 13 together. Oh, no, pastor, that's just your testimony, though. I mean, you just have, you're the anomaly. That's how you became the pastor of the church, is you have some anomaly of your life. No, it's not. See, what we're saying is, is that as a church, the basic, the number one core essential waypoint that we have is that you have to be foundationally transformed by the power of God. Look at 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Wow, that's pretty uh, plain, isn't it? Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. And I trust that you will discover that we have not failed the test. Wow. This is right here plain an epistle from Paul to the Corinthians here in 2 Corinthians, and it is plain as can be. How's your life? See, if you're thinking that this is only about some new person that's walking in, you're missing my point tonight. And I believe that you're missing the point of the Holy Spirit tonight. See, because what you have to constantly do is say, the foundational transformation that once was there in my life, is it still just as potent today? Or have I somehow drifted off, drifted off of this foundational piece of this church? Man, drifting is such an incredibly difficult thing to do. You know why? Because it's not like it happens all of a sudden. It's a slow drift towards something different. It's a slow accepting that I once had a transformation. I once passed the test. We're asking you to test yourself today. We're asking you to test yourself in this moment. The Lord was doing more than asking you. He was demanding it of you during our worship time tonight. To have a foundational transformation. How many times do you need to be transformed? Yes. How many times must we be transformed by the Holy Spirit? Yeah, until we're just like him. So we're going to keep being transformed. We're going to keep going back and checking that foundation. We're going to keep checking that transformation to make sure that it is still enacted in us. Man, I want to test myself and know. I want to examine myself and know that I'm in the faith. And you can. What a ridiculous thing. I was in a Bible study one time. And people were asked, can you know? It was the most mealy mouth, embarrassing answers I've ever heard in my life. People trying to make a clever point that sounded intellectual, but had no actually no actual transformation power going on in their life. So it was just a lame discussion. Understand that no one comes to be part of God's people without first recognizing that everything about them is utterly unlovable. This is not only going to address us here in this room tonight. This should change you. I want you to listen to this. You are an enemy of God under his wrath. And destined for divine judgment. Anybody remember the days when you were destined for divine judgment? Literally no good thing dwelt in you. 
You weren't pretty much a good person who needed to add Christ to your life. You were a wretched, horrible enemy of God. But Romans 5 and verse 8. Turn there with me. Romans 5, 8. Megan is doing an awesome job of putting the scriptures on the screen. It's almost like it's her birthday or something today. But see, how you keep going back to a transformational endeavor from the Lord is that you have your word of God right there in your own hand. See, you're not even drifting, not just a little bit. Romans 5, 8 says this, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Well, that's a good scripture, isn't it, Leslie? Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if when we were enemies, God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more? Having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Church, you're not a pretty good person who loved the Lord all your life. You're not just raised in church loving him all your life. You were a sinner, an enemy that had to be saved and transformed so that you could take your place among God's people. (laughs) See, many of us were taught that you had to accept Jesus. You had to accept Jesus. Wow. It's amazing how we can turn anything and make it all about us. You, please just accept Jesus. See, but what most of us were unaware of is that you were completely unacceptable to him. How are we doing about going back to this foundational transformation today? See, we can talk about it as a moment of salvation. I hope you understand this for your evangelism. I hope that when you go out, you understand that men and women stand condemned already and must be snatched from the fire. But no matter how much you like them, they still stand as enemies of a righteous God. See, that's one, boy, that's one part of this message, and I hope you get that. But what I don't want you thinking about is them out there. I want you thinking about you in here. Man. Can you see? Let me show you this next slide. See, because you can't have a conversion to Christ unless you actually understand the need for you to cry, Lord, change me transform me. I can't do this another way. I can't slowly slide into your grace. I have to be transformed into something different than what I was before. That's the only way that this works. I can't hold on to what I was and still go where you want me to go. I've got to release that and I've got to actually have you transform me to change me. Life changing ministries. It's what we are because it's who He is. We must have Him change us. Are you still thinking about the singular day that you prayed a prayer when you were a kid? Lord, change me today. God, there's still this part of me where I like to rely on myself way more than I like to rely on You. Lord, change me. Lord, I could still be such a rebellious person on the inside, saying the right things on the outside, but being so calloused on the inside. God, change me! If that is not your cry every day, 
then we want you to understand that the foundational transformation that this church preaches is what the gospel preaches, and it's desperately what you need right now. I've got to have Him change me, to transform me, to make me like Him. Turn with me to Psalm 118. Psalm 118. We're going to look at verse 22. (laughs) Do over. (laughs) Psalm 118, verse 22. Are you there with me tonight? It says this, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. Can I tell you, church, that the foundational transformation that we're preaching to you has been rejected many, many times over? And let's be honest with each other. You've rejected it. I mean, since that salvation moment that you keep running back to in your mind, you've rejected it. The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. The Lord has done this It's marvelous in our eyes. Have you been broken about your own rejection of what the Lord is trying to do? Or are you so myopic that you still think that you're right about what you're thinking? The reason we read the word, the reason that we have the spirit of God, the reason that we worship together is so that our hearts may continually be pierced. You know why? Because you need to be foundationally transformed. See, the very next verse says, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Do you realize that we've taken that so far out of context? The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. The Lord has accomplished this. It is marvelous in my eyes. This is a day that the Lord has made. We take the last part out of context and it's just a throw pillow statement. It's something your grandmother quilted when you were little. No, what has made this a day that He has made is the fact that He, the one who was rejected, has now become the capstone in your life. That He's the foundation, the cornerstone, but He's also the capstone. This is where this starts and this is where this ends. We are founding our lives upon it and we are getting crowned because of it. It is both where we start and it will be where we finish. It is marvelous. So many have rejected, but it's marvelous that He didn't reject you and turn away from you. But He keeps trying to draw you ever closer with promises, with proclamations that if you will follow what He says, He will do something in you that is so marvelous. Church, this is a day that He's made. This is the day that He's made. See, we can rejoice because He is our capstone. He's made the day and we can look towards Him and understand That He is our capstone. Look at Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to look at verse 19. Everybody turning there in your word. Verse 19. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens. That should mean a lot to people in this church. That should mean a lot to people. So many people who are working on their citizenship. 
Heck, let's just try to be here legally next time. I mean, let's, let's, consequently, we'll just be happy for legal people in this room. You are no longer foreigners and aliens. See, what you were was someone who didn't have a right to come in, but God has allowed you in. You are now fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles. See, why are you always talking about foundation? Because we have to make sure that it's the foundation that's built on the apostles and the prophets. There's only one that we're allowed to be building upon. With Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. See, when you've had the God of all creation change you, you're actually changed. Yeah, you, you, you may think that I missaid that, but I'm going to say it again for you because it's much better than the way you just responded. I'm not looking for an audible response. I'm looking for your hearts to respond to this. When you've actually been changed, when the God of creation changes you, you are changed. You are a different creature and you must act like it. You must go back to the foundational piece. See, you can't let despair sit in. You can't let discouragement set in. You can't let these things continue to just bombard you because you are forgetting that the God of all creation, the chief cornerstone, has made you and brought you into his kingdom. What are you lacking? Yeah, see, I know you say nothing, but you live like you lack a lot. You live like you almost are barely hanging on. You live like you're barely, you're just hoping you can sin a little bit less today than you did yesterday. See, that's not being found foundationally transformed. You're a child of God. Act like it. Be transformed by His Spirit and then live in that. See, you don't have to walk away from the transformation. But we do. We do. We forget it. We don't, I mean, we pretend like we don't because this is LCM. Yeah, how many times today did you walk away from that transforming power? How many times today were you overcome with anxiety, discouragement, fear, doubt, sin? See, this is a word for us tonight. Because what he's doing is he is transforming us. And you should be able to stand up in that transformation power. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is at work in you. What sin will overcome that? Nothing. Wait, so if sin can't overcome that, then why do we keep doing it? Because you allow it. Because you're trying to rely on your own strength instead of that foundational transformation that God is bringing to you. Let's continue on in the next verse, in verse 21. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. I almost cut these two verses out. I'm so glad that I didn't. Because did you hear the prophecy tonight? This, this was unplanned. The people who gave this prophecy did not know that these verses were there. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together. Somebody say together. together. Oh. You're being built together. To become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Let's take a look. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. This is a church 
where foundational transformation is at our core. It is at our core. We are so glad that you think that you've been raised and you were saved since the time you were, you know, a fetus. Congratulations. We do not have to accept that from you. We do not have to go along with that. We're going to watch and see that you've been transformed by his spirit. That your conversion looked like you crying out to God, Lord, change me. And then you actually walking as a changed person. Look at the next slide that we have. Completion of discipleship. Somebody say completion. Completion. Wow. Most churches be doing good just to start you in discipleship. Come on, just, just pretend like you're being a disciple. No, we're saying you have to get a completed discipleship plan in your life. Wow. Come on, church. How you doing on that? How are you in having a completion of discipleship? You know, we have a, a saying in the back. It's right there in the center, right underneath the camera. Perform out there what you've practiced in here. Wow, what a novel idea that you can actually do what it is that God told you to do. That we don't just come in here in the huddle, pat each other on the back and say, wow, you're being really, you're being a really excellent Christian. And then you go out there and live something different. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 16. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is... Amen. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being... are being... into His likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Yeah, but how are you being transformed in His likeness? Through the word, absolutely, that's true. Through his Holy Spirit, yes, that is also true. But do you go into a cocoon and emerge after a blissful sleep and some time has passed and you are now fully formed, fully transformed? How does he do it in you? How do, are you fully transformed? You are discipled. You engage with the word, with the spirit, and you engage with the disciplers that God has put in your life. Kids, those disciples are your parents, and they're your pastors, elders, and leaders. Wives, those disciples are your husband, and your pastors, and your elders, and your leaders. Husbands, those disciples are your pastors, your elders, and your leaders. See, and then we get to do this together. We get to have people who are further along the road to help us to make sure that we're getting there together. What a beautiful thing. Look at Philippians chapter 3, verse 17. 3, 17. Join with others in following Jesus' example. Okay, I'm going to say it again because you all missed it. Philippians chapter 3, verse 17. It's on the screen. should be in your lap with the Bible in your hand. Here we go. You ready? Join with others in following my example. Wow. See, it would be much easier for us if it said, join with others in following Jesus' example. See, that feels less intimidating to us because he's perfect and we should only follow him. Yes, and the men and women that he's put in your life to lead you. That's what discipleship is. Women, you're not... You are in every way valuable to the kingdom. 
But it is clear that your husband is the leader of your family. If you think differently than that, you're just wrong. According to scripture. It's amazing. As clear as that should be. See, it's, it's fun to be your pastor. Because as clear as that should be, what I can feel is that there are people fighting against that. And it is the most basic of all principles in the kingdom. It is a foundational transformation that you need. God is not just telling you to follow Jesus. He's actually giving you people to help you to do it correctly. Wow. See, it's not just about following Jesus. And you're supposed to be following the men, the actual men, the actual people that are in your life. And to think anything different is a ridiculous, worldly, carnal way of thinking that demonstrates that at the very least... You need more transformation. You need to cry out to the Lord for him to change you and to get committed to the process of discipleship. Let me read to you a very familiar passage on discipleship. Acts 2.42. Listen to some of these verbs here. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone, say everyone, everyone. was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers, say all the believers. We're together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and good, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day. Say every day. day. They continued to meet together in the temple courts. Do you see the model for our church right here? Why do you guys meet together so much? They met every day. If you're not meeting every day, then we're, we're not even keeping up with this yet. We're going after it, exactly the way it said. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being changed, those who were being saved. This kind of commitment to the Lord allows you to perform out there what you've practiced in here. Man, don't you want to actually be able to perform when it matters? Man. Let's turn to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, verse 40. Luke 6, 40. It says this, a student is not above his teacher. A student is not above his teacher. That means that you don't get to skip stages in the kingdom. There's no shortcuts. There's no easy routes. There's no ways for you to kind of cut across the, the lawn to get there and take, cut a few steps off. I promise you, there are no shortcuts in the kingdom. If you think that you want to be something in the kingdom, I promise you, you're going to have to do it the exact same path that everyone else who's actually ever become a man or woman of God has had to go through. You don't get to skip your family not always being on board with you. You don't get to skip adversities in your workplace. You don't get to skip physical sicknesses. You don't get to skip any of it. You know why? Because the Lord is a faithful discipler and he's going to pull out of you and put into you exactly what needs to be there. You can't shortcut it. But but I'm I'm just tired. Well, amen. Find your resolve. Find your strength. God is with you. He's either with you or he's not. If you've examined yourself and found him to be with you, then quit whining and get after it. Go back. 
Go back and let the foundational transformation reinvigorate you. Man, I, I get to have some uh, incredible days as a pastor. This is the best job I've ever had. I can assure you. You guys keep, keep me on my toes. I love it. You know, no matter how tired I get, I can, this is an honest statement. I never lament the fact that I have to wake up and go see one of you. I never have this like, oh, I don't want to do this. You know why? Because I know that he needs to change me and I walk in his transformational power every day. I'm not going to ever burn out. It's not going to happen. That's a ridiculous thought. If I work too hard for the kingdom, I'm going to burn out. That's actually the only way you can work for the kingdom. What causes you to burn out is you're trying to do things in your own strength and you're not paying the full price. You're not being fully transformed. You will never burn out if you do this the right way. And you know what our church is teaching you? We're teaching you how to do it the right way. We're saying, boy, you better be transformed and it's got to be the foundation of your life or you're not going to get there. But we're saying when you do. See, a student is not above his teacher. That's not above the teacher. But everyone who is fully trained will be like his teacher. Say everyone. everyone. What an incredible thought today. What an incredible thought. There's not a special class, a special uh, ethnicity, a special citizenship that only those get to do it. That only those, when they're fully trained, they get to be like their teacher. Everyone who is fully trained will be like your teacher. Wow. Wow. What an incredible thought. Say everyone. See, you could say it with me and some of you still don't believe it. You will say it here and then when you go home, by the time we get done in a few minutes, you will forget that everyone who is fully trained will be just like his teacher. You'll forget it. You know why? You know how I know? Because I I see how we live. Everyone. See, you got to trust what the Lord is doing. See, if you've been foundationally transformed by the power of the gospel, you can trust that what he says is going to come to pass. Maybe you got some cracks in your foundation. That's why you're just truthfully not being very faithful to what he said to you. What he's clearly demonstrated. Come on, let's take a look at the, at, um, the next slide. Foundational transformation. We have to cry out, Lord, change me. The completion of discipleship in your life will allow you to go out and disciple others. That you can perform out there what you're practicing in here. This is just a practice arena. This is the safe place. If you can't do it in here, how are you going to do it out there? Husbands, if you can't lead your wives here, how are you going to do it out there? Wives, if you can't follow your husbands here, that we could perform out there what we're practicing in here. That leads to something that's amazing. That you and I, we should be able to say like Paul, the chief of sinners. We've experienced, those of us who've experienced the life-changing power of God, now develop a deep conviction. Somebody say deep conviction. That as God has changed you, He will and must change others. See, the Lord is all about changing one life at a time. See, we're not interested in doing this in some quicker, more efficient fashion. 
I mean, for thousands of years, let's get more people baptized. I tell you what, let's just run them all through a river. Sure, that counts. Organizations that want you to clock how many people that you've been talking to so they can report it on a sheet somewhere that says that they've been effective for the kingdom. The Lord is about changing one life at a time. This church is about changing one life at a time. Consider the following statement. Life-changing ministries was formed in the direction of King Jesus with many convincing, miraculous affirmations regarding our direction and vision. Our driving purpose is to see the kingdom of God advance on the earth as we await the renewal of all things. As we join with the worldwide body of Christ in this effort, our emphasis is on seeing the life-transforming power of God changing one life at a time. This was written as our original incorporation papers with the state of Texas. How'd you like to be that guy receiving the paperwork? Be like, I have no idea what they're talking about. This is an incorporation form. I'm not used to seeing one what in the world. These precious lives are then to be polished as if they were rare metals or valuable gems. The reason that we preach the way we do, the reason that we live the way we do, the reason that we incorporate you into our lives the way we do is because we want to see you polished for the kingdom. That requires some tumbling. That requires some sandpaper. That requires things to happen over and over again. And you're like, I don't understand why we don't do this in a more efficient fashion. Because we're not churning out widgets. This is not an assembly line. This is the house of God. See, what we're making is people who are going to be like us and better than us. See, that's what we're doing here. And you don't do that in a factory. You actually have to look at the prayer, the precious metal that's right before you, the precious gem, and begin to polish them in the way that they need. Turn to Matthew chapter 18. We've got just a few minutes left together. Matthew 18, verse 1. At that time... The disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? <laughs> this is an awesome question. This is, this is a fantastic question because it almost looks like Jesus completely ignores them. Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child. And had him stand among them. Come here. Come here. Come stand right here, Bob. All right. Right there. And he said, I tell you the truth, unless you change. I've read this passage a lot of times before. Unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Wow. I thought we were trying to be mature. Yes. And your heart has to be like a child. You know, that stubbornness of you holding on to the way that you want to do it. You must change. You have to let the Lord transform you. And there's no other way to do this. And if we have to change, then that's what we expect of other people when they come into our house. So you can't just do this and have a different goal than what the house is producing. You have to have the same that's changing inside of you. Are you really not one of us yet? No matter how long you've been here, no matter how many of our axioms you can quote, no matter how beautiful your singing voice is, 
You are not one of us yet because you are not foundationally transformed yet. Huh. But we want you to be. We want you to have the power of the Holy Spirit at work in you. Let's go to the next slide, Megan. Foundational transformation that produces an actual, real-life conversion to Christ. We are working towards completion of discipleship that we might perform out there what we're only practicing in here. See, I love getting together with you guys. There is something that is so special about this. But this is not where my Christianity happens. It's not in this room. It happens everywhere else in addition to this room. See, I don't pastor you from a stage. I can preach to you from a stage. I can do my best to encourage you. I can try to give you the words of the Lord, but you know where I pastor you? When I'm off the stage. Oh, wait a minute. So you mean you're not really being a Christian here. The whole point of it is that you're being a Christian there. We have a deep conviction about changing one life at a time. You work with everyone that you come in contact with. If they are willing to go through the same process as you, they can become exactly what you are. And we're going to carry this out. Somebody say carry out. out. From the very beginning of our church, we were about less talk and more walk. Turn to James chapter 2. James chapter 2 and verse 18. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by what I do. Boy, don't you like people who just, instead of talking, they just do? They actually prove? That is the heart of LCM, and it always has been. Less talk, more walk. It's more about our deeds than it is about our creeds. We will, in fact, show you that we've been transformed from our very foundation. We are able to complete our discipleship, perform out there what we've practiced in here. We are able to focus on the one life in front of us. You know why? Because we're actually growing and we're not so selfish that all we think about is us. Where are you today? Has your talk become much more impressive than your walk? Have your creeds, your revelation, your depth of insight become more prolific than your actual character or submission? Yeah, enough talk. We need more walk. Enough uh, processing. Enough thinking about it. Enough trying to get up the courage to do what you knew three weeks ago that you should be have already been accomplishing. Yeah, enough of that. Enough of trying to overcome a weakness in your life. Enough of trying to get over the discouragement that you're feeling. Just overcome. Less talk, more walk. Amen. Revelation twenty two twelve says this. Behold, I am coming soon. My reward is with me and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. Man, that scares people who aren't doing anything. But for those of us who are actually trying to do something. That's actually the most reassuring thing that you can imagine. If you actually have been transformed and you are running after him with all of your heart. It's actually encouraging because he's the one that's going to help you to succeed anyway. And then he's going to reward you for the successes that you brought. That's pretty fantastic. He's going to help me to win. And then he's going to reward me for winning. 
I like this. Yes, please, may I have another? See, but if you haven't been foundationally transformed, this is the most scary thought in the world. See, there are people in here who all they hear in their own minds and heart is the expectation that they're going to fail, that what we do as a church is inconceivably difficult, that it is not for everyone, it's only for a few, and you're missing out on the fact that you're in the house that can make you, that can help build you, that can help you to get where you've always wanted to get, but you can't do it your way. See, you've got to be transformed. You've got to be transformed. You have got to let this get down in your spirit in a way that says, I can do this. You know why? Because he's going to help me to do it. See, because I'm not just doing it. I'm not just trying to get from my own willpower to something that seems supernatural. Because I can't. You're right. You can't. That's why foundationally you have to be transformed. But if you have, our last scripture of the evening, First Chronicles chapter 28 and verse 20. We are 53 minutes in, and we're going to get to a point where we can have less talk and more walk right now. David said, uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 28 and verse 20, David also said to Solomon, his son, be strong and courageous and do the work. Church, we are trying to push you, prod you, encourage you, conjole you, whatever we can do. To be strong and be courageous so that you can do the work. What kind of lame thought is it for you to be strong and courageous? Why? To sit around? That you might do the work. We need people to grow in their courage in this house. Quit the low level thinking that says that you can't. We've had too many experiences. We've had it too long. I just, I just can't keep hoping and then, it, and then we not get there. Be strong and courageous and do the work. Do not be afraid or be discouraged. Do not lose your courage. For the Lord God, my God, is with you. Man, I love David saying this to his son, but I'm going to say this to you as your pastor tonight. Don't be afraid and don't be discouraged. For the Lord God, my God. See, even if you don't have enough faith for it tonight, I have enough faith for you. Because I have total faith in Him. The Lord God, my God, is with you. He will not fail you. He will not even forsake you. Until you're able to do all the work for the service of the temple. Until it's finished. Do the work, son. Be strong and courageous. He won't fail you. But are you failing him in how you live? Are you trusting your own feeble emotions more than the unchanging, the immutable, the all-powerful word of God? You trusting how you feel versus that? We got to rise up and be courageous tonight. If you're afraid or discouraged in this house, it's going to be removed tonight. If you have despair and defeat that are trying to knock down your front door, you're going to crush it tonight. Here's what I want you to do. We're going to stand here in just a second. Don't stand yet. 
when we stand up, this is going to be the kind of evening that if you need to be transformed again. Pastor, I was transformed, but uh, my walk has been worse than my talk. If you need the all-transforming power of God, when you stand up here in a second, you're not going to waste time. You're not going to wait. You're going to actually have the Lord transform you. If you've been battling despair in this house, discouragement, if you've been trying to do this any other way than the foundational way that this church teaches, tonight is the night for you to kick that in the face. Be strong and be courageous so that you can do the work. You can see that the work is being done in this church. And it is our desire to have every one of you do it along with us. Stand to your feet. Mighty God, help us tonight. Give us strength and give us courage in this house tonight, Lord. That we might trust you, that you will never fail us, that you will never forsake us. Lord, we want to accomplish the work that you have put before us. Lord, may hearts be transformed and re-transformed in this place. Lord, we need your power. We need your spirit to do something in us that we cannot do on our own. We run back to the foundation tonight. We run back to the chief cornerstone tonight. Lord, that our hearts may be rightly aligned with you. That it's no more acceptable to us Lord, to say the right things and have something different going on in our heart. Lord, we are looking to the rock from which we were cut, from the quarry from which we were hewn. Lord, we want to be foundationally transformed again tonight. Come and do it again, Lord. Lift us up again, Lord. Give us your power again, Lord. Transform us, God. God, we desperately need you. Lord, change me. Lord, change us tonight. Transform us tonight. Let despair be crushed. Let discouragement be washed away. God, we stand. Lord, we stand ready to watch you transform our lives. That our hope will arise. That our faith will arise. That your transformation will arise in this place.